What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. Your first time joining us, welcome to the show. Tell a friend, spread the word. If you're on the YouTubes, hit subscribe, click the notification bell so you can keep updated on what's going on over here. We post every single Friday. All right, we don't be missing. We show up, so you should show up, and please spread the word and let people know. It helps us out. Continue this. Uh, if you're looking for some merch and you're on YouTube, look down below. There's a merch bar. Click on a shirt, a hat, a rocks glass, a sweater, whatever you're trying to pick up for yourself or a loved one. If you're looking for more content in the Whiskey Ginger world, I do solo uh, pods called Cheeto Chats on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash whiskeygingerpodcast. That's where you can find all that good jazz. Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It's Steve-O. Yeah, dude. It's a pound through the, the plexi. We're, we're COVID safe. We're, yeah, we're COVID man. safe now through the plexiglass. Um, although, I already had it, but who knows? You think you might have had it, huh? Well, I know I tested positive for antibodies. Wild. How long ago? Uh, I mean, it was a while back. It was July. But you don't remember at all maybe having it? No, I had no idea. Wild. But then again, here's the thing. My fiance. With whom I lay in bed every night. Didn't get it. Did, she did not have test positive for the antibodies. Uh-huh. My editor, who I'm like shoulder to shoulder with in the edit bay all the time, he did not have the antibodies. My, uh, you know, tour manager guy, like who does everything with me, did not. So I just think that uh, as a result of being a scumbag <laughs> and just welcoming <laughs> germs and drinking yeah. tap water all over the planet. I think I've just built a force field around me. I think <laughs> I had the anti. I got antibodies for COVID, like before there was a COVID. Yeah, you got you got pre-COVID COVID. I, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I strongly believe that one's immune system is like any muscle in your body that that, that you got to work. You got to keep it working to make it strong. Right. You got to eat dirt once in a while. Yeah, and when I was. Um, when I was 13 years old in eighth grade, I attended the American School in London, England. Yeah. And we went on a week-long field trip to Egypt. They told us, do not drink tap water. Like, period. They said, don't what? even don't even uh, let them put uh, ice cubes in your drink if you order a soda. That's like Mexico. Because the water is just so gnarly. Yeah. And uh, we, they, they got us all scared, so we weren't drinking tap water. But as we ate... At this restaurant on the Nile River, I watched a dude dunk his toothbrush in the Nile and brush his teeth. And I was like, I thought, man, if if tap water's bad around here, then what's the fucking Nile? Right. You know? Right. And like then then I remember thinking, if that guy is sitting there brushing his teeth in the Nile went to where I live in England or went yeah. to America and drank the tap water, he'd probably get sick. For sure. And I made a conscious decision at that age of thirteen that I that I would drink tap water all over the world. Not that I decided I would, but I thought, I said, if someone went all over the world drinking tap water, that would probably make them just whatever you're used to. That's true. So I ended up like with this show called Wild Boys where we we went everywhere. It's a great show. Thank you. We went everywhere. And the first thing I always did whenever we got anywhere was like I brushed my teeth getting, you know, coming back from the airport. 
airport, and I think, yep, and I gulp, 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 just drink tap water out of the, <laughs> and I don't think I ever got sick, and I'm just a scumbag, so I don't know. Yeah, your body's built. Well, dude, I grew up in Chicago, and drinking tap water is not a thing. Nobody talks about it like they do out here. Like out here, they're like, oh, tap, you tap water? It's like, it's not even a conversation. People just drink out of, I, I only, you always drank out of the tap. So right. it wasn't like, oh, you're drinking tap water. For us as a kid, getting a drink of water was from any of the faucets in the house. Right. Like it wasn't even a weird thing. But in Chicago, uh, the water was good. So I think that was just a part of it. But out here, it's just, when I moved out here, the culture of, Oh, you're drinking tap water. People look at you like it's cr- like they're you're crazy. Right. But the water's not even that bad out here. There's just this weird idea that it's bad. I know, and I, I I seem to recall some kind of reporting that tap water is actually like safer to drink. I think that when you're bottling water, certainly like water in the plastic bottles, the, yeah. there are just so many, too many of. Um, should those bottles uh, be in the sunlight and get like warm and then yeah. cold again. Like there's just like weird fucked up bacteria. In yeah, my that's... my wife told me about. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things for women with breast cancer from plastics and from um, styrofoam. So when things get heated, those chemicals release, yeah. and it they found that it can cause cancer in women. Right. So I think that there's 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 a strong argument for drinking tap water and not bottled water. If heard, not the, the, what do they call it? The plastic island? Yeah, yeah, plastic island. Jesus. Yeah. It's wild, dude. Well, you, as much as you've traveled the world and also like just knowing enough about your history a little bit, I should back this up. What's crazy to me is we don't really know each other that well, but I, we know, we have so many people in common. Uh-huh. Um, like I've known Bam for a long time because we worked with him on punk and then we became kind of buddies from there cool. and then i've worked with everyone over at you know tremaine studio and dick house because i've worked on different shows over there so it's just been like this i've been right next to you for a long right time on, man but it's kind of a trip and then you know when i started seeing you a lot in the stand-up world it was it was weird for me because i i knew who you were because of that part of you know, what I had loved before I even got to work with those guys. And then seeing you in stand-up, we've always been kind of right near each other. That's sort of how it is, especially right? with the the comedy club sort of level of comedian. You sure. Know? Like, we, that's what we do is we chase each other all over around right. the Yeah, like I track. see your name is coming or going right after right, me somewhere. for sure. It is, kind of a, it is kind of a trip to see that. But I also, you know, for you in the stand-up world, like breaking into the stand-up world in the way that you did, I know was more challenging than the traditional, Well, you know. I mean. Just because people automatically are like, sure. Steve-o this, Steve-o that. That's what everybody right. does with everything. And it, it's definitely a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing to be able to come into something with an established, like, existing fan base. Totally. You know, like, yeah. so, uh, but with that said, like, it's a curse to be crossing over from one area of entertainment to another where, you know, you're like, oh, there's a fucking guy, you know, like, the so, but let me let me give you my two cents about it. Yeah, what I think is interesting is like maybe it's maturity, both like in my literal age and in comedy. But when I was young, I remember like big actors would like kind of come and try to do stand up, and I was like super mad about it for some reason. Whether or not I liked them before, I was like, oh, this is like our territory, and I didn't uh-huh. really understand. And then I got older in comedy and in life, and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. That's not an infringement upon my comedy or my audience. In fact, if you're good, which you are, by the way. Well, thank you, man. If, you, if you're good and you work hard, 
these all these other bullshit fake pre-existing notions they go away you go oh it doesn't matter why do i care where you came from if your work ethic is the same and so because it is i think that's why you've earned so much respect is like look there's guys that do come in to make a quick but i mean i joked on twitter matthew mcconaughey said before covid he was going to do a stand-up tour having never done stand-up before and of course i joked on twitter i was like thank god for the virus like i don't want this guy i'm like <laughs> because it's just like you know it's a joke and i don't really care but also I think if you put work into it, then anybody, everyone will respect it. But if you just go, I'm going to come in and just do my thing, it's hard to get respect in, in, the, in the industry. Sure. Um, I definitely, and this is like a major regret even of mine, that I let myself be so self-conscious about it. Like uh, when it went for God, years, because I've been touring, doing stand-up, like consistently touring for over 10 years now. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course, not during COVID. I still haven't done a show uh, since the pandemic started. It's not worth it. Yeah, fuck it, dude. They suck. Fuck it. I did one outside, and I was like, this is a waste of my fucking time. Right. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean I, but, but in any case, for all those years, like, I was just, uh, you know, promoting dates that I had on social media. And I just, like, wouldn't say like I'm gonna go do stand up, you know. Right. I'd be like I'm doing a show or this, you know. Like I was uh, self conscious because I just was afraid that in the comment section of the post people would be like, "Oh, you're fucking right." Say whatever they're gonna say, and like it's just it's crazy, like how I put out this persona of like the fearless guy who's unfazed, who's just crazy on doing it. When in fact I'm so gripped by fear and such a like overly sensitive hypersensitive pussy <laughs> you're perfect for stand-up then that's why yeah because everyone in stand-up has this i'm not good enough mentality the more people i meet the hot the much higher than me like so like at the top and i feel the same vibe from them i go oh dude it never goes away it's not how good you are it's not how right. rich you are it's not how many people you perform for it doesn't matter there's always a little there's always going to be insecurity in it and there's always a little bit of like should I do it this way or not? I mean, I have friends that I wouldn't blow up their spot, but famous guys in stand-up who ask you questions that f see their vulnerability, and you're like, really, dude, you? Right. Like, I thought you had it all figured out. But it's there is no clicking point to when it's like, and in fact, I think if you become someone that's like, whatever. If anything, then there's like, you're the done. stakes are higher. Right. And so the insecurities are greater. Way greater, way greater, right? And if you, and I think when you become complacent, then you fail, right? Then you disappear from whatever the industry is. It's not just stand-up. It's like when you just go like, I got this in a bag and whatever, well, you're going to get passed up and you're going to fall down this ladder because you're not working on your shit, whatever the craft is. You just kind of fuddle away. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, man, it's a crazy deal, dude. And um, I, I just love it because uh, I'm an attention whore. I think there's something <laughs> inherent about... Uh, like getting on stage and just trying to like, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to say like self-loathing, but there's something like it's, it's by definition, uh, an act of seeking external validation, which totally. is just not an unhealthy, it's not a healthy way. It's extremely unhealthy. It's extremely unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. to get on stage and like, you know, like it's, it's, a, there's a level of desperation and there's a, like a built-in, you know, unhealthy thing about it. Not to say all comedians are unhealthy, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> I think all of us have something unhealthy. 
uh, something, right. whether it's, I, I, look, everybody, you couldn't name one comedian who, and by the way, that's human nature. Who's perfect as a human? We right. just get to be exposed about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. our expose is for their entertainment. So it's like, while the, you know, while your, your local CVS guy that works behind the counter, you just know him as the nice smiley guy behind there. You don't know. We don't know. Right. the rest. We have to display it. So we're more victim to people, be, you know, picking it apart. Like you not saying you're doing stand up, just saying I'm doing a show. Right. It's just because you're putting it right there for them to go. Oh, really, bro? You know, right. Where they don't have the nuts to do that anyway. So, I mean, I'm look and I'm glad. I'm glad that um, you're not physically breaking your body uh, as much as you used to, because at some point I think well, that was... I, I really actually am. You are really still. Yeah. Uh huh. Like you, Dude, like, like when you were at your at the height of doing Wild Boys and stuff. You think well, it's yeah? The same? I mean, we're we're like in the process right now of shooting Jackass Four. I heard about it. It's fucking and dude, it's so scary to. I mean, I, I like I actually don't even promise myself I'm not gonna even talk about it anymore. But yeah, like there, there's all kinds of like super high impact stuff going on. And when I started doing stand up, I, I really thought, okay, like. This is something separate. It's something different, and I'm gonna like, get, I'm gonna give it everything. I'm gonna establish myself as this different thing, which is a right. stand-up comedian. And clearly, the nature of uh, all of my material was, uh, you know, my life experience, and and what I felt was like a, a cool angle on it was that there was like no, not even any embellishing, really. Like it was just right. like like straight just straight. Uh, what fucking uh, what I say is. It fucking happened, you know, <laughs> and like, and I think that you know that. So, right. I mean, like anybody, I think it was evident, like at my shows, that that uh, that this was like authentic, that it was like like true stuff, and I always felt that that gave you know, plus just to the the level of shameless that is required to reveal a lot of the stuff that I would totally. you know, include in my act, and. Um, so that was my my thing. I did it for for five years, and then I did a, a special on Showtime. And uh, I just thought I was convinced that when they, when this special came out on Showtime, anybody who doubted me, anybody who hated on me, anybody who, just any like that, everybody would just be show, oh, dude, Steve has got a special on Showtime. Like he's established. It's like you know he earned his strength. And the thing was that that fucking special came and went, and my life did not change even an iota. <laughs> Dude, nothing was different. For most people, they, it doesn't. I didn't sell more tickets. Nope. I didn't get respect. I didn't, get, <laughs> like, you know. And uh, and I remember being like, motherfucker, you know, motherfucker. And uh, there was from the point when it, the special came out, or sorry, from the the point from when I taped the special to when it came out, I, I started. I used that time to get into new material, you know, to develop a new act while while still falling back on what I knew worked. Right. You know, so that like I would be ready when the special actually aired. That I would, you know, right. That's kind of like the the rule of integrity. Like once the special comes out, you don't do that material. Yeah, you got to dump it. But you've got until it comes out to fall back on it. Totally. You know, which everybody does ad nauseum. We're all like vomiting the the hits until you're like I, I've got T minus whatever until I gotta <laughs> right. fucking dump it and as I put together that new act I remember thinking like 
all right, you know, I'm, I'm, fuck it. Here, here, like, I'm, I'm, it's gonna be. I'm gonna be even crazier. I'm gonna tell even crazier stories. Like, where I was like, oh, I know, because it was like real sex heavy. My first hour, that my my second hour was more like, cr- like my criminal record and drugs and like just like real fucking heavy stuff. And at one point, while I was putting together that second hour, I thought. Fucking hey, man, like all these stories for the most part that I'm telling happened on camera. So what if my next special, I made it straight up multimedia so that you're watching me perform the stand-up comedy, but the actual stories I'm telling have the footage of the stories happening interstitially cut into that like that's never been done you no. know yeah. so nobody else is telling a lot, like completely true stories mm-hmm. so here i'm doing this this and, and dude that was the like my head exploded when i came up with that idea and right away i i, I went about recording my shows and just taking the footage of and, and cutting it together right which i'm embarrassed to admit up to that point i just had a visceral reaction to watching footage of me performing stand-up couldn't do it and a lot of comedians can't i i hate it it's hate like it. my least favorite thing on hate earth Hate it, but it's the most important thing to do yeah you need to you need to i mean it listening is. at the very least you, I, I audio everything but you watching is way harder than listening right and yeah. you have to watch it yeah for like, sure yeah and so by the virtue of the fact that i recorded my shows and brought them into the computer and you know like edited in the footage of the stories that they're being told like it number one it worked and i was just thrilled i just i was like oh my god i'm onto something here this is huge right and number two it forced me to study the actual performance itself and all of those things were just like cringe like oh my god i fucking hate it when i do why do i do that (laughs) yeah and then like yeah now like now I begin to address these things. Totally. And so it just sped up the progression of my performing, like, just so much. Right. So I became a better performer, and I had this, like, this, this like, completely original take on, on stand-up comedy where it's multimedia. And I just got jazzed about it. And so I thought, well, let's not have it all be, like, trip down memory lane. Now let me go film new shit to plug in so that every bit in the show is an old story with old footage but inspires something completely new next level gnarly stunt cool. and then so it's like old new old new like throughout the whole thing right and then and then, then that worked and then i got like all the whole jackass gang back together it was for the first time since our our brother ryan dunn died yeah and uh I had to film this crazy opening sequence where they duct tape me to the side of a billboard truck that's I got saw. my name on it and yeah. everything. And it was like this beautiful, like symbolic thing. I mean, Knox was hitting baseballs at me like way too hard. And uh, <laughs> they get done like taping me up and torturing me on the side of this truck. And then it's like the truck goes fucking driving off down the highway. It was like uh, symbolically, like the jackass guys sort of like by the virtue of of getting together for this comedy special that I did, kind of like signing off on it, you know, like yeah. giving me giving me their blessings, support, like like support, like actively supporting me doing it, and then kind of sending me off down the highway on my own. Like the symbolism of that was huge. That is huge. And off I go on my own, duct taped to the side of the truck to go do this thing, and uh, that worked great. Like 
I'd, for the, for the the final scene, I I fucking blew up my living room and my house and had uh, skin grafts on fifteen percent of my body, which is the most brutal, gnarly fucking pain I've ever experienced. When you when you have to skin graft, where do they take skin from? Dead bodies. I had the skin. Oh, you took the cadaver. Cadaver. I, the, I, I didn't choose it. That's just what they did. Right. And and they said specifically it was the flesh of seven different dead people. Whoa. And then they gave me the 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 home addresses of the families of all seven different dead people, Shut so that up. I could send thank you cards. Dude, this is a crazy sidebar. I don't want to. I don't want to stop your flow. No, but uh, a friend of mine. I. I a friend of mine directed. Did you ever see the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia? Sure, Knoxville yeah. made it. Yeah, well, uh, Nitzberg, Julian, who directed it. Okay, you know? he was making a doc years ago, and I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember if it ever came to fruition, and I don't know. I haven't seen him in a long time. Shout out if you're seeing this, Julian. He, I ran into him at an airport, and he's like, "What do you? What's? What are you working?" I said, "I'm on tour. What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm going to film this uh, this family." Um, who had just donated their their family member's body for science or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's wild. And he goes, yeah, do you know about body brokers? And I was like, I don't know what that is. He's like, well, there's brokers, like real estate brokers, who brokerage people's bodies when they do that. So they literally can sell and broker different pieces of their bodies to different hospitals and different things. So there's a dude's job who's like, Nana's arm's got to go to Oklahoma and her neck's got to go to California. I wonder if that's because, as, as I understand it, uh, you know, you sign up for this just by simply checking the box at the DMV, making uh, yeah, you saying you're going to donate. Donor, yeah, yeah. There's like a red dot on your driver's license or something. Yeah, um, it, it was it was crazy. So from, from start to finish, this fucking second comedy special, and I, I paid for the production of it on my own, but with all of the new footage, like that, uh, all this I shot, all of like the vignettes, like the the new stunts, the opening sequence with the billboard truck, like, uh, and the actual production. I went full tilt. Like, uh, yeah. you know, it was the just the, the one night of filming the two shows came to like 125 grand. You know, that, that I that Seriously? I yeah. And you sure. had no production help on it? It was, I mean, you went all out of pocket? I, I, I did it all out of pocket. Wow. Are you going to, and by you? The, by, the, by the end, by the time I had it done, like uh, it, it, I had spent two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on it, and and, and dude, I didn't fucking ever regret a penny of it. No, yeah, it's yours. And dude, it was that this was my baby. Here's what fucking happened. It was so just chock full of fucking dick and balls, and like, <laughs> and I was not prepared to to like give up one frame right. of my filthy fucking like, <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna censor shit. Right. So that ruled it out for any, uh, you know, Comedy Central or like, you know, any yeah, like, for the most like, part, cable, you know, right? Any, the only and 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 then every place that it could live like netflix hbo and even fucking showtime uh they like i don't know like the now all of a sudden since my first special came out there was just so many comedy specials yeah like everybody's vying for like the you know they're like they you know they just don't want a steve-o comedy special you know like I couldn't fucking sell it. And it was like, I'm like, wait, what? This is the most fucking incredible thing I've ever made. And I was just crushed. I was heartbroken. And it t- it took two fucking years for, and thank God for the pandemic. <laughs> thank God for the virus. Because <laughs> uh, I really got organized and figured it out how to, 
put it out on my own. Yeah. On my, uh, you know, and by the time I did the thing where I was duct taped to the actual billboard in Hollywood to promote I it. I saw that, yeah. Uh, you know, without how expensive that fucking little maneuver was. You know, and by the time I actually, you know, put together the 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 player on my website, I was three hundred thousand dollars into this project, <laughs> bro. That's insane. <laughs> and uh, and it was it was kind of scary, but fucking already uh, doubled my money, dear. Perfect. I like, yeah, because uh, it's your your property. You own it. Your fans yeah. go directly to you. I mean, I don't want to sit here and like brag about money. I I hate it when people do that, but it's just like something that I'm intensely relieved i'm i'm satisfied i'm fucking like straight up proud that uh you know that because that shit is just good man you well know? that's the future bro i think i think it, when you i mean look 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 louis kind of set the tone he did. and he did that a long fucking time a long ago. time ago well because yeah. he realized that look louis already had an audience right like you already have an audience not to say you don't want more you want more exposure right but if People that can give you more exposure are being iffy about it. At some point, you have to just be like, well, I'm going to service the people that are already there because I know they'll tell more people anyway right, and just I mean, let it organically grow because you're not starting from zero. You know what I mean? Like you're already right. you're already deeper on the track. So I think, dude, to be honest with you, I talked to tons of comics in this off season, as I'm calling it, the off season. <laughs> it's like they've all said the same thing. They want to put out shit on their own because... Yeah. Well, dude, like this, like this podcast, the podcast that we do, all of this is all of us putting it out on our own anyway. Mm-hmm. We just have this fear that's built into us that's like, don't put it on your own, dude, because right. soon enough, and it's like, well, at some point we have to admit we made the shit. Why not, why not take onus of it and go, all right, well, then I'm going to put it out and, and you guys got to come fuck with me directly. Right. Which I think is the best way to dude, go about I, it. I'm, I'm so glad I did. I didn't know how it was going to work out. And, right. And, and like... It was it was over two years went by, you know, where yeah. I was just sitting on it, and I'm like, "Fuck, dude," you know. Let me. See. It felt like a garage sale. Right. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> let me just put up a fucking sign in the yeah. front yard. Half like, off. See, just anybody. See, see what I can get for it. You Did know? you um be real with me about that stunt? But when you taped yourself, if people don't know, you should look it up. It's a great. The photo is beautiful. Of you taped on the. It was on. Was it on Sunset or on Hollywood? Oh, oh, the the, the billboard. billboard. That, that was the billboard that I purchased. It was uh, on Cahuenga, just north of Hollywood. Ho- Hollywood, right, right, I right. Mean, dude, the Hollywood sign was like dead straight yeah. in the background. It's a wild picture, man. What did they? What did they, did the city clip you a fine for that? No, they didn't. Nothing. That's wild. I couldn't fucking believe it. Like when when I climbed up that crane in Hollywood with my inflatable killer whale to <laughs> yeah, yeah. to protest SeaWorld. Right. I was like, I was trying to like affect positive change like make a, a, a socially conscious statement and i got the book thrown at me <laughs> i was fucking but then once i once i buy my own billboard to fucking promote my fucking product for full financial gain yeah then it's just okay you're good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was crazy isn't man. that funny they talk about I, I can imagine having that con- they have that conversation they're like what's he doing up there like he's He's protesting SeaWorld, and they're like, fuck that guy. (laughs) 
fuck that guy. I, I mean, to be fair, like the the crane was 150 feet tall. Nobody could tell who was like, you know, there was no like sure discerning who it was. And then I was blowing up fireworks, and I mean that one was a little bit uh, a little bit aggressive. This one was I was much closer to the ground. Like I had paid for the billboard. It right. said my name. There was no doubt about who it was. I right. wasn't blowing up any fireworks. Can you can you tell me how much the fine was for the Sea World one? Um, fuck. What what? I uh, I, I remember it costing more for the lawyer. Well, that's you know, usually what happens, right? Is that I, you have to have someone go fight the fine. I, I got uh yeah, I got um, it, it was just to get the, for the retainer for the attorney was well over twenty thousand dollars for that, <laughs> Dude, and um, just for just for a little uh, fuck you to Sea World, right? And 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 um, I and then I think it was sort of if it came down to uh, like really sort of fighting it out in a legal sense. Um, I don't know. I think that the money was better spent on the work, but I bet it was at least like another 12 grand or something. God, for, well, it was worth it. <laughs> I, 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 there was a lot of publicity. There, there was definitely a lot of publicity. And, and I'm thrilled. And, and for anybody listening or watching this, uh, I mean, dude, go to my website and just check out the trailer for, yeah. the, for this comedy. You, you have, when you click... Uh, you know, the, it says my gnarly special, adults only. Right. And and when you click on it on my website, then a page opens up. It says like, "Are you 18 years or older?" Right. Like, it's got an age gate. You just you have to confirm that you're over 18 just to watch the trailer because it was important to me to make it just super fucked up. Totally. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm just I'm stoked. So now the next time I come around to do this, I I genuinely don't give a fuck if. Uh, if if Netflix, if anybody wants, because what's like, the difference anymore? Be, right, because of the people who streamed it from my website, I charged nine ninety nine to that's good to, to stream it. Um, you know, like I fully, with confidence, believe that I have nothing but purely satisfied customers. You know, yeah. like fucking a. It's called gnarly is the name of the special, <laughs> right. and like I, I believe that I've that I've like. I really delivered something that was worth it to them, you know. Yeah. And uh, that when I come around with the next one, that the they're gonna trust me that I'm gonna do the same. It's gonna be even better. And that this whole, you know, sort of stream of of uh, storytelling started by you asking or or saying that I'm not messing myself up anymore, but totally to the contrary. You are because <laughs> because back. Back when when uh, I was pitching the thing to Netflix, the gnarly special, yeah, they rejected it. I was fucking heartbroken, and I was like, "Fuck them, fuck everybody." I'm doubling down, and I started, uh, I, st- I started building out my third hour, you know, oh, which wow. is which is my 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 tour I'm on now, and uh, I said, "No more fucking memory lane, period." You know, no more right. like old nothing. It's all gonna be a hundred percent new. The hour's called Steve-O's bucket list, and what it is is just like the the bottom of the barrel stunts, which were never supposed to happen for lots of good reasons. Like, you know, safety. I, <laughs> is that I mean, there were like like some of the things on the bucket list. Uh, the the vasectomy Olympics, <laughs> right? Like, I heard a joke when I was a kid. It uh, it was um. 
What's the definition of macho? A, a man who jogs home from his own vasectomy. Right. And I was yeah. like, oh, dude, I'll do a whole lot more than just fucking jock. <laughs> I always had that idea <laughs> to get a vasectomy and do a bunch of really like uh, fucked up stuff. And, uh, and but it was never going to happen. And then it, and then it, I made it happen. And then it happened. Yeah. And um, there's another one with the skydiving people. They over the years, they'd always say like. What do you think? You want to go skydiving? I was like, fucking dude, everybody goes skydiving. That's fucking so not worth like yeah. doing. Yeah, it's a, many, many people skydive. Right. So I, I always said, and I said this for like 20 years, I said, if I ever go skydiving, then because the first time you do it, you got to have a guy strapped on your back. Yeah. I'm gonna, I will be butt ass naked yeah. and furiously jacking off. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I'll time it so that so that right as I fall out of that airplane, I'm fucking blasting cum everywhere. <laughs> I call the idea skyjacking. And I made it happen. You did it, <laughs> I dude. swear I fucking pulled it off. And Wait a minute. How did you shoot that? How do you shoot that? Oh, with like 13 cameras. Yeah, like you had to have a ton mount, of cameras. Huh? It mounted to the side of the plane. The fucking guy on my back had like... Uh, like two GoPros on his wrist. One was wide angle. One, right. you know, like I had a guy. We had fucking two guys skydiving with us, had following to. us down. Right. We uh, and, and like it was an airplane full of dudes. Of course, and like, has to be like and and dude, what was worse, what was crazier than that was that they told us before we go. They said, okay, like, uh, there's you have to. Like you have to leave the plane like during a, a a very specific window of two minutes because right you have to jump out right because if 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 you fall out of the airplane at any other time than this specific two minute window then you're gonna miss the drop zone totally so it's like wait a second hold on I gotta fucking time it too <laughs> I'm in a fucking airplane full of dudes like. Did you have any inspiration? I did. Yeah. I brought a portable DVD gonna, player. I hope so, dude. Yeah, I brought dude. It's just, it's. I, I love that whole bit because there's just so many layers to it. Like, dip, like finding the the company, the the you know the yeah. guy. Like it was it was just so challenging from start to finish. When you told the dude who has to be strapped to your back, who has to be tandem with you, that you were, what was his response? Well. You're like, look, dude, I'm going to come and you're going to be on my back. Dude, we got shot down by like... No shit. <laughs> I, 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 forget, I, forget how, I forget how many fucking... I think we called like... I think we got rejected by like 15 different skydiving mm -hmm. companies. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I, I went on Instagram with my story. And I was oh, right. I just said to the fucking all... You know, on my Instagram story, like, yo, uh, I'm, I, I need a... Uh, and, and this was after we already had this kid, but he wasn't like licensed properly. Fine. And, He's and like, so I can like, take you up I'm there, like, man. I said to Instagram, I need a licensed sky, sky like, with a tandem license, you know, skydive instructor to do a stunt with. And I just left it at that. You know, right. I hit up my guy. So my guy the next day he says, dude, I got 72 licensed tandem <laughs> skydive instructors. So how do you choose by looks? You're like, well, this no, guy's I, cute. Here's the, here's <laughs> the, this, is the, this is my favorite. He says, I got 72 of them. I go, cool. Now tell him the idea. <laughs> <laughs> now fill them in and see how many stick around. Right. So 
So guess how many of 72 were down? 72. No, 20. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I thought in my head, I was like, these dudes will be like, whatever at this point. Fuck it. 72. 72. I was absolutely shocked that so much is 20. You don't imagine that much over. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no. Like you would 20. assume one or two dudes right. that are just like a little off their rocker. Twenty's right. a and, fuck love. And, and so how do you choose out of the the, the 20. twenty? You get to go for the guy who says please. <laughs> <laughs> please. You got it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you want it, you got it. Yeah, and they're geographically convenient too. And the the company that he was at um held the record for the um the most naked sky the most naked. I was just gonna shows. say there there is a, a group I've seen online that does Naked skydiving in Southern California. Was it in San Diego or up it here? Was, it was up near Sacramento. Okay, they're there's somebody a, down there that does it. They're called Sky Dance Skydiving. Okay. My guy was named Doggo. Doggo. And uh, this fucking guy, was the, he was the best. He was fucking, he said, please. He was fucking, like, dude couldn't keep his clothes on from the moment we met. Like, he's like, oh, dude, he wants to show me his fucking thong he's gonna be wearing <laughs> like that helped you know like not only am i butt naked but the dude on my back's fucking wearing nothing but butt floss oh so he so the tandem dude he's got his floss on he's, when you're yeah on the jump? He, he couldn't keep his clothes on for the life of but did he set. want to do it naked too or no um he was just thrilled with his thong <laughs> <laughs> he was really into it if he and, wanted to do it naked would you have let him if he was like i want to be naked i mean because then I, you're going to feel his dick on your butt the whole time. I did. With, with his thong on, I could feel like his fucking cock and balls were filling my ass crack, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, we were, it, was, it, was, it was heavy, dude. It was, it was just, it was a beautiful thing. In here, we pour whiskey. whiskey. Hey, 2020 was an interesting year to say the least. And I think a lot of people have some uh, mental health issues that they need to fix, myself included. I've talked pretty candidly on this podcast about... Uh, mental health, how much I believe in it. Um, and I believe that we all need to do ourselves a favor and get a little bit of help. That's why I recommend BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's help with a P, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. Uh, they're incredible. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional online counseling done securely on the internet from the privacy of your own home. All right, start communicating in under 48 hours with a licensed professional. Uh, they match you with someone, which I think is incredible. Of course, you can change at any time. Um, you're not locked into anything. And uh, what I really like is it's it's uh, it's affordable, which is great because traditional therapy tends to cost uh, a, a pretty good chunk of money. And uh, financial aid is also available in this world. I do believe in helping yourself out. Please do yourself a favor and don't let things fester for no reason, no matter what it is. Um, BetterHelp is there to help facilitate uh, for you to get back on track or where you want to go. They want you to start living a happier life today, and I really do believe that. You can read a lot of their testimonials online at betterhelp.com slash reviews. You can see all the people that have used it, that uh, have vouched for it, um, that believe in it. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly phone sessions so you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you normally do, chilling out, staring at other people, uh, looking at the highlights magazines. Um, you can do it from the comfort of your own home anywhere, uh, and I strongly recommend it. Uh, for the listeners, special offer. 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash whiskey. Okay? That's betterhelp.com slash whiskey to get 10% off your first month. Uh, start taking charge of your health with betterhelp.com slash whiskey. Support for Whiskey Ginger is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over your body. All right? 
Who knew smelling this good could feel this good? I sprayed this stuff on my chest. I got to tell you, the old bag was excited. She's like, what'd you use? Some new, some new Kalangi? I said, it's cologne, goof. And yes, it's from Manscaped. It's uh, pretty incredible. It's pretty delicious, along with all the other products that I already use. By the way, I trimmed my face and I trimmed down below using Manscaped literally this morning. Uh, everyone knows Manscaped has that perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist ba- below grooming needs. Uh, it doesn't stop there, though. This new uh, this new cologne that's uh, put together by Manscaped is delicious. You know, it's the signature scent. Uh, it's the perfect complement to your collection. It's light and approachable and gentlemanly in all the right ways. It's calming and inviting. Be sure to check out the perfect package 3.0 with all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming, including lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, that crop preserver. Oh, I'm telling you, I love that stuff. Uh, and this uh, this scent is really good. It actually smells quite good, better than that Davidoff stuff, or uh, or Curve for men. You know, it's way better. It's time to feel sexy, look sexy, and smell good. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Whiskey twenty at Manscaped.com. Your balls and your body are gonna thank you. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Whiskey twenty at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use that code Whiskey twenty. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. A lot of people got credit card debt. A lot. Most of Americans, unfortunately. And if you're in this pool, let me tell you something. Don't be afraid to look at it anymore. You need to take care of it. Last year showed us that you never know what life is going to throw at you. And if you used credit cards to pay off all sorts of unexpected expenses, like many people did, you're you're not alone in that boat. It can be overwhelming to manage. Take control with Upstart. Uh, Upstart knows exactly how to fix your needs. Uh, If you have multiple credit cards, you know that uh, tracking balances and due dates and stuff is very tough. Uh, But Upstart makes things simple with one monthly payment in one place. Upstart is a fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all done online. They find smarter rates with trusted partners because they can access more than just your credit score. Uh, With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans from $1,000 to $50,000, okay? This is going to help if you're uh, having trouble with the pockets. Look, if you're in some credit card debt, um, please do yourself a favor and check out Upstart. Upstart's going to help you get back to where you need to go financially. I know it's been a tough time for most people, so uh, you're not alone. Uh, Check out Upstart to help uh, get rid of that, especially if you've got debt coming in from all sorts of angles. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today. When you go to upstart.com slash whiskey, that's upstart.com slash whiskey. Don't forget to use the URL to let them know we sent you. All right. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers. I used to tell a joke about that very thing. Like when I, one of my first televised jokes was about that thing because I... I had a joke on Adam Devine did a, a, a thing called House Party on Comedy Central, and I did one of my first jokes on TV was my dad always jokes how everyone in California is gay. You know, he's like, oh, everyone out there is fucking gay and weird. This is a Chicago tough guy thing, you know. And I said, not everybody's gay. That's insane. And I said, I first moved out here, and you know, a guy I knew had a company in Southern California was like, want to go skydiving, you know? But you first got to go tandem. And I was like, right, that'll be my luck. The shoot won't work. And I'll be 50 feet underground with some guy's dick in my ass. My dad will come to my funeral and be like, I told you he was fucking gay. This is what he went out here to do. 
But that was my, that's so funny that that became your reality. That was like one of my first jokes that ever made it to TV, an elongated <laughs> version of my dad's homophobia about California. Yeah. But um, of course, by the way, only skydiving naked with dudes nuts on your butt would happen in California. It's yeah. like perfect for us here. I mean, it's our vibe. If, uh, it, with the power of social media, it was when, as soon as I went on Instagram, it was all over. And, and for that matter, I've never, I've asked for some wild ass shit yeah. on, on Instagram. Yeah. Like, uh, another one on my bucket list was, um, I wanted to find an anesthesiologist to put an IV in my arm and administer general anesthesia like, Pumping in, and I'm on a bicycle, <laughs> right? And, yeah. but, and like that was, uh, you know, I just wanted to figure, like they pump it in and give you about ten seconds to just fucking haul ass. Haul ass. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I pulled that off too. Like uh, even though they, um, it was so sketchy, man. It was so sketchy. But like, they, are you they, wearing a helmet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, I mean, you're cr- you're out. I, how else am I going to get the shot of my face with the GoPro? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but, they, but, but they failed to knock me out. Like, they were nervous that, like, because because with, typically with general anesthesia, what they do is they it's called intubating. Yeah. You know, they put it to breathe for you. Yeah. But that clearly wasn't an option at uh-uh. this point. So they wanted to, like, be pretty sure that I wasn't going to stop breathing. They wanted to knock me out, but not... That had me stop breathing. Right, so the amount that they gave you. So they 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 right. sort of gave me like like incremental bits. Ah. Just, it wasn't enough. So I, here I'm and, and I'm a fucking sober drug addict. So it was like it was a little bit fucking weird to be in that situation to begin with. I was comfortable with it because I've had so many different surgeries and sobriety. Like I just I think didn't anesthesia really care. is not an addictive. Uh, uh, propofol is, is wildly. That was one of the first things we learned. Was that really there was Propo- an epidemic of of. Uh, abuse of propofol this is the michael jackson drug you know like oh right dude that's right they put you out with and uh and and apparently in the medical community like of any any medical professionals that have access to this drug there is rampant abuse of it really rampant dude that's so i would have never yeah my I, neighbor's an anesthesiologist. Maybe we'll ask, go ask, head over ask, there. Ask him about it. Be yeah. like, hey, propofol, because that's what we, we heard that from multiple people. God. And they said, but there's another drug that works very similarly. Um, what's called, fuck, how about uh, etomidate? This I don't know is, what uh, that it's, is. It's another one, another general anesthesia drug. They said etomidate it basically does the same thing. It works very similarly to propofol, but. Uh, it, it, but there's nothing pleasant about it. They said they right. said it burns going in your veins. It's super uncomfortable. It makes you nauseous. You'll probably huh. barf. And I was like, right on. Fuck yeah. We'll use that. Let's get, <laughs> let's get some of that shit. Give me some of that now. Yeah. And so I went into it like feeling way more, even more comfortable. You right. Know, like, oh, okay. You know, like my sobriety's not going to be in jeopardy. Right. But as it happened, and then, you know, there I am on the bicycle with my jackass buddies on, you know, the, and, uh, they did knock me out, and I got. I was just fucking loaded, like I was loaded, like as 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 ever, and really? and you know, I'm fucking all fucked up on drugs and just yelling at people and fucking acting like a douchebag, and uh, they didn't knock me out, and um, it was it was really kind of traumatizing because they said nobody would ever use that shit for fun, and I was like, dude, that felt fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
I never felt nauseous. I it didn't like there's nothing. Did I, it make I, you barf? No. What about the what about the pain going in, like the heat going in? Nothing. Like, nothing. It was nothing. It was just it just felt like I was loaded and I loved being loaded. So yeah. like I so I remember like I remember uh feeling really kind of traumatized by that and like fuck is my sobriety in question and I was just like really really leaned into my uh sort of community of sobriety like people in recovery like to kind of get me like yeah to get you back i mean this is not to get me back i didn't go anywhere but like i was just very very outspoken and transparent and like you know i got and i was that way going into it but it it was and 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 with my with this bucket list tour like the the footage now comes with me on tour on the previous tour, it was all just cut in and post. Right. Now, it's like I tell the story and then I scream. They're seeing it live. It's, it's, yeah, so the That's footage cool. is exclusive to the tour and you see it. Like, uh, you know, you hear it and, and you see it. And um, so I, I go around, I got the anesthesia bike ride. And, and, and people are watching it and it's just like, all right, so that was a failed bit. But at one stop on the tour, I won't say where, this guy says to me, he says, uh, I know a way that you can get that bit done and it won't jeopardize your sobriety. He says, uh, I can give you a fucking injection straight into your spinal cavity and it will render the bottom half of your body paralyzed. Bro, it's what? Called, it's called like what? an epidural, is that what Yeah, an epidural, about? that's what they, when women give birth. This is, fu- this fucking needle is fucking four inches long. Yep. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I, I forget why we didn't do that on a bicycle. Well, I mean, I think uh, I don't like. I, mean, I don't know. But I did, what I did was I went fucking running. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 he gave it to me, and I, I was super surprised by how far I was able to run. And uh, dude, that was just dark. It Cause, was because you go numb from your waist yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, like, like from. Uh, there's no buzz. There's I wasn't no, no, like no. any. Yeah. There was no on no level was I. Uh, there, there wasn't a sobriety thing, but dude, it was just so fucking creepy, shady, illegal, fucking like yeah. awesome. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, it's uh, this four inch needle in my. And this actually happened uh, during the pandemic. So this this oh, this hasn't. <laughs> this bit hasn't even been on been on the road at all. Um, but like what, so I'm fucking, I'm fighting for him and then just, you know, I collapse. and the thing was, as soon as I went down, they, they told me it was your waist down, but I'm like, I can't feel like all the way to my neck. Yeah. Oh, and I'm shit. Just like, I can't breathe. I'm fucking freaking the fuck out, you know? Yeah, dude. And like the guys are, are, they know that once I'm down, that now their job is to light me up at point blank range with fucking paintballs with fucking stun guns. <laughs> Naturally, <know>? yes, <laughs> that's what happens. I mean, dude, they was it was a fascinating thing to see where it's like I'm just like it's like shooting a dead body. Just, poof, poof, there's just, nothing. Yeah, you know. And How long like, did it take until you felt ink. it? We smeared ink all over it. Oh and shit! It didn't. It didn't like. Uh, it didn't take in there, so I actually tattooed the fucking ink. But how long did you start to feel your body again? It was like 45 minutes, and the whole time I was like, I want this to fucking end. I hate this so bad. Yeah. I fucking hate it so bad. But yeah, so uh, so that'll be, uh, when, like whenever I get back to touring, the, you that'll know, be I'll actually special. have like the, 
the anesthesia bit will will uh, you know really pay off now. You know what, what was the one bit that you never got to do that you still are kind of have, but it's impossible to get done. Is there one that's like you're trying to do it year after year or whatever? I did it's another just not one working. on the bucket list was to get cauliflower ear at the hands of my favorite UFC legends. Who? Oh, oh, who specifically do you want to give it well, to? Well, I, I, dude, like, who hasn't tried now? Like, you know, I, like Chuck Liddell, we went fucking nuts on my ear, and it just didn't work. Ronda Rousey went yeah. apeshit for like a whole day on my ear, and it didn't happen. Jorge Masvidal fucking put his his uh his, his BMF belt yeah. on it and fucking pounded the bet, and then fucking John Jones took a hammer to it. <laughs> fucking still didn't work. Jesus. Yeah. So that one, like, uh. Like, you know, the, the and and my girl is pretty actually happy about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it wasn't she's... for a lack of effort. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, is she? You're getting your. She's your fiance. So are you getting married soon or no? Uh, I mean, you doing the pandemic marriage? No, we're not doing that. And, yeah, people uh, skip. Like, for, for me and my girl, my fiance. Uh, you know, she doesn't want to have kids. I don't want to have kids. That's why the vasectomy, vasectomy run worked. Yeah. That that that's why that worked so well. Um, but. Uh, we just we, we love animals and like we want our uh, our whole like kind of you know in lieu of having kids we want to really just pour ourselves into helping animals so we're determined to uh, like buy a big property and 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 have a, sort of an animal sanctuary. That's cool, and, man. Um, and and it's like such as like kind of a symbolic and important thing to us that we're waiting to get married like on said property. Oh, you know, wow. like see, it represents our future. Yeah. And uh, now with the world circling the drain the way it is, particularly America. Yeah, we're having a blast. Um, I'd like I, I, I'm triple national. I have three passports, and one of them is ca- Canadian. You're Canadian, American, and, and British. And British, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I'm just looking at Canada, and you can't, you can't even go across the border to fucking check out houses. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see from afar. <laughs> I know. You check it out. It's well, a picture so- because we, we're, we're like fucking on the real estate porn all the time. And there's like, there's one that, there's one I just, I, I'm tempted to just buy the fucking thing sight unseen because we're like, that's it. Where is it at? What part of Canada? Uh, it's uh, British Columbia. BC is beautiful, man. Yeah. I love it up there. Yeah. I've talked, I, as much as I've traveled for comedy, I've gone to Canada. I've said it on this podcast a thousand times how much I love Canada. Yeah. I wish there was more touring up there. Like you can tour. Right. You can tour a, a fair amount. There's a lot of theaters and stuff that you can right, do. I mean, like the, the place to, you know, for, for for the comedy club comedian who, like, because there's just that fucking leap, you know? Like, like, it, like theaters don't begin where comedy club ends. Right. You know, like, there's, like, you can be, like selling out everything in the comedy club, and just and just you, you gotta still jump over a big gap to get to yeah. that theater. It's a big gap. I think you can pull theaters though in Canada. No, no, yeah, no. I do. I did on this tour that I was supposed to have. I was doing, and I I, I like doing small theaters, but I love doing clubs still. So I was doing both. That was my favorite. The mix of doing still a couple of clubs and then uh-huh. doing small theaters and then going back, to me was like the perfect mix because. I don't, I don't necessarily like love doing only one kind of venue. And theaters, for for to some degree, they offer the exact same thing. Whereas comedy clubs, the vibe is so different. That's you know what I mean. There's so many elements about the clubs that can change across the globe. Whereas theaters are kind of theaters no matter where you go. Well, I almost think of it. Uh, 
almost the other way around. I remember seeing you in Canada at the Just for Laughs Festival, but I don't remember which spot was Montreal. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, well, I, were we in? Did you do Toronto? Did you do Toronto? I did Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal. Like, uh, so maybe it was in Toronto that I saw. I did Vancouver too, though. Well, I don't know go. which one. Uh, yeah, which no, but at those I play the small theaters, um, and they're fun. But to me, I don't know, man. There's something about playing these clubs. There's a there's a heartbeat. Wait, wait, what clubs do you like in Canada? Um, I mean, you know, I have an affinity for, uh, Bronson's room because he started, okay. he started me super young, Edmonton. you know? Yeah. I, 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 there's something about that, that spot. Was that when the comic strip at the comic Edmonton strip. mall? Yeah. Yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. And then he's also got mall of America and he has that and he has Phoenix and he has, right. Uh, well, there's another one. They're like opening him, up. Man. He's I a good really egg. Like yeah. He's good Bronson. people, man. Yeah. He's good yeah. people. He got mad at me. Uh, Cause I played a a, a a competing club and he got, but then we went and golfed anyway. I was like, dude, get oh, over yeah. it. He know it, it just that happens. Dude. Well, they all know the business of the business and it is what it is. But you know, they're like family to me. That happened to me in Tampa. Yeah, the, side uh, splitters or something, or or the, the improv side splitters, and then I went into the improv. Yeah, and they're but like, I was Come like, on. you know, it, it wasn't anything personal at all. It was just that it's never personal in in the in in the comedy club world, right? You've got Sunday. Or sorry, Thursday through Sunday. Sure. Four nights. And when you're doing that, you leave L.A. Uh, on f- fucking Wednesday. Wednesday because you got to be there Thursday morning for press. And then you're flying home on Monday. Yeah. Like, that's your home one day. Yeah. And then, like, I, you know, I met my girl. And what, fuck that, dude. So yeah. I just put my foot down finally. And, and I told my agent, look, I'm not doing... Thursdays and Sundays anymore. Yeah, Fuck no. that. I'll do Friday and Saturday. That's what I do, yeah. And uh and and then next thing you know, okay, cool. So we'll just send you to bigger clubs. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck did You're I like, do? Where was this, dude? Right. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's uh that that's what I've found is that uh you gotta really put your foot down. You just need to tell them what you want. Otherwise they're like, You're good, right? And like, right. I guess, man. Yeah, I didn't right. know. Right. So once uh once I got with my girl and and uh, I wanted to be home, like more than one day a week. Yes. Then all of a sudden, side splitters just wasn't like big enough. The improv's bigger, and so they that's are. What, you know. Yeah. So so let me try to do the same volume of business in two nights that I was previously doing in four nights. Is your is your uh, your lady in the business or no? She is, but okay. uh, she's um, not a comedian or a comic. Oh God, no, she's not a comedian. She's a human she's, being then. She's a civilian. Yeah. Uh, stylist, production design, cool. art department, uh, that's wardrobe. awesome. Yeah. This your and and your first marriage. You never been married before, have you? Uh, I've never been married before. No. No. Good no. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not married, but uh, but I've every intention of being married. I think it's one and the same. I I've, I've, once you say you are, it's like you are. I guess. What's the difference? It's not like I the... wear a ring out of respect because I think uh, it, it, that it's a fucked up tradition that only a woman should wear an engagement ring. What's that like? What is what's implied there? Well, it's weird. I don't wear one at all. I think the whole I don't. I, I'm not a big ring guy at all. I was always like I don't even. Because for me also, uh, I'm not really ceremonial, which maybe is a, f- a flaw of mine that like, I kind of like things to happen whenever they happen. So like planning events was never my, I'm never like a birthday guy or, I'm oh, not, I hate birthdays. Well, see, I'm not ceremonial. stand holidays. Yeah. So for me, it was like, like, weekends. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Mondays and Tuesdays only. 
anything that stops like activity and productivity, yeah. like uh, I'm generally. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of like, I don't, uh, not to say I don't believe in the, the, the ideas of it, but I think there's so many flawed ideas in it that I did have a hard time, particularly because both of us aren't religious at all. So it was also like, it was, it's a weird thing. She grew, she grew up around so much religion and then kind of despised it. I am not as negative about it as her. I'm more like, cause it has pieces in my life, you know, like, especially when you have family members like my, you know, I'm a child of addiction. So when you learn about what it can do in a different light, you're like, Oh, maybe it is kind of positive. You know what I mean? Like my dad has used it in a positive way. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Cause I only saw church negative being a Catholic kid. And I was like, this is, this is for the birds, man. But I do see that it helps people. So I'm still cool with it. Meanwhile, she's like, Nope. (laughs) She, she, She hates all. She's like, it's all trash. It's all bad. So for for us, that was kind of the disconnect for the whole like ceremonial thing that I was like, oh, I have no connection to the, you know, this idea that it is like yeah. the blessing of these worlds and all this shit. But yeah, oh, dude, yeah, marriage in a in a religious context, I don't even. But to, and so many people that aren't religious still do the religious thing, and I'm always like, why'd you do that? You don't Why even. Is it's wearing a ring a religious thing? Yeah. It, it is. is. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, binding, binding the binding people together, the inseparable rings, you know. Yeah. Fuck, man. But you know what? It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. No, but um, but no, it, it, I'm glad you've uh, I'm glad you found your peace and happy, happiness. And you're right though that like you do want to be home more. When you do right. gr- get on the road too much, you're like oh, I don't want to fucking do. So going let back, me, dude, the the. Uh... Let, let me ask you this, and I think this yeah. this might be uh, like a a controversial thing to say. Sure, but uh, I'm, I'm working on a new book, right? Like, uh, one of my proudest accomplishments has got to be my first book, um, and uh, you know, it, I just super proud of it. I'm working with this writer again, and I was like, you know, I was telling him that. The life of a touring comedian, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, fuck that. It's such a grind. It's Groundhog's Day. It's tough. It's fucking just the, with the fucking airport, with the fucking, the, 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 the press, the radio, the hotel, the, the vent, like it's just Groundhog Day, the same shit over and over again. And then the writer said, he's, well, yeah, but isn't it like you love every, you know, you hate everything except the actual performing? And I said, you know, this uh, is is probably a controversial statement, but no, I don't think. Uh, you know, I think that when when you're building your new hour, I think there's something deeply satisfying about having an idea, testing it out on stage, working it until it works. Yeah, you know, like there's something like incredibly fulfilling about developing material. Yeah, but I think that for the most part, once we get into the cycle of touring, that that. <clears throat> slows down a whole lot you know yeah. i think that that the material <clears throat> the material will invariably evolve and and improve and there'll be like little things like don't do a show be like oh man dude i did it this way right. and that worked right. really well but for the most part you're trapped in a fucking cycle of groundhog day just reeling <laughs> off the same goddamn script and it's fucking mind-numbingly fucking it de- it, de- it, 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 it certainly it can be i don't think it's controversial i think that i think the difference is I think that I, I once I went further to say I said I think 
that uh, any touring comedian that would suggest that uh, they're doing it for the love of the art and not like for money. Well, that's like I don't fucking buy it. Well, no, because it it is a because if you had if it wasn't about the money, you wouldn't be subject to needing to tour all the time. But that that's just the balance. But there's guys that have to do it week after week to make a living, and I accredit them big time because I'm just saying from a personal level, uh, I can't do it because it's just. I have depression and anxiety and that is fucking on full display when I'm too, too when I tour too much yeah. and it's detrimental to my health. I just get, for sure. I'm just a, I become a sh- fucking shit bag. I'm like mad all the time. I'm annoyed. I'm it just, it doesn't, it's not healthy for me. So wh- where I agree with you is I don't think it's healthy. I just think it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, no lie. It's, it's not a, it's, it's too hard. And honestly, right. if you do it to, because you need the money to tour for 48 weeks, more respect if you can do it. I get people need to get their paper, but I find that if you tour too much, um, your material at some point doesn't progress because right. you are you're kind of just getting through shit at some point. You're right. like you're oh, just overwhelming yourself with like a night after night after night after night after night. Right. There's no way you're massaging any material because you're just like I got to do two more shows tonight and then two right. more tomorrow and then I'm For on a sure. yeah I mean that that's the, the that's the, the sentiment yeah that's the point that I'm making and I remember when uh, when I first started touring I mean I was shocked that that it could be as lucrative as it could be because totally my experience with doing stand up when I first started was like going to the Laugh Factory on the on the the, the Sunset Boulevard and. If uh, you know, and if if you bothered to sign their little form, they would give you like twenty bucks, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. be like, and I'd be like, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna bother. Like, I don't need to sign the form. I'm cool. You know, I was just like, I would keep just, the twenty, <laughs> right? Yeah. I would do, st- and in that, and that was just my my view of stand up. And then all of a sudden, when uh, you know, when I started getting offers to go out on the road and headline for a weekend, I was yeah. like, "Wait, you can make what? Yeah, you're like, oh, you're gonna oh pay my, me money? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll go do that." And so, going getting into touring initially, I remember thinking like, "Okay, uh, you know, I've got this. Uh, you know, maybe it's a the pessimistic, the dark, you know, negative like headspace." But I was like, you know, I. I'm not, uh, there's no indication that I'm going to have this opportunity to get, get paid like this and turn like for a long time. Right. And the last thing I want to do is be in a situation like 10 years from now, whatever, where I'm thinking, fuck, like here, I'm like, like, uh, my, my, I'm all dried up my, and like, I'm <laughs> fucking, why didn't I take advantage of it back then when I had that earnings potential? Right. I was like, dude, this is not the time to be lazy. I'm going to go out fucking every week, book me every week. I'm like, I want more days, more days, more days. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was a miserable lifestyle, but I just felt like I really needed to do it, to just work and work and work and, and do it as much as possible while I still had the ability to. Right. And I was always incredibly grateful for the opportunity to do that. And as I described, like, it's a miserable Groundhog's Day life. Like, one thing that never changed whatsoever was, like, how important it was to me to put on as good of a show as I possibly could. Like, that's, like, even if I'm reeling off the same act and it's, like, not a lot changing and I'm in that comfort zone and and it's just doing the same thing all the time, at all times I was... I've always been trying to do it as well as I possibly can. Yeah. You know, and then at, and then at the end of every single show I've ever done on tour, 
Before I walk off stage, I say I will not go anywhere or do anything until I take a photo with every single one of you guys. Jesus and Christ. I do a meet and greet with the entire audience every fucking time. That's and that's masochistic as fuck. Yeah, dude. You like the pain. <laughs> right. That's masochistic as fuck. But uh, my experience is that when you send people home with a photo, like they're going to post it. Yeah. They're going to be like, you know, they're going to be like, yeah, I had a fucking great time. Yeah. And then that's the kind of grassroots promotion that keeps you going and building. And, you know, Absol- I mean, it does. I, I saw people as much as I could, but I enjoyed saying hi. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it to some degree because it, it's fun. I mean, occasionally you get, you know, too, too fucked up and people are being ridiculous and you're like, all right, dude, you got to chill out. You got to have someone help you. Cause they're like, oh, go, I want another photo. You're like, you got to go, dude. You're being over right. the top. Like you can't be that guy. Right. But for the most part, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I, I do enjoy meeting people for the most part, unless it's back to back and you're like, I don't have, I just don't have enough time if I'm doing a second show. Right. But for, for sure. the most part I do. If you're like still even fans knowing that you're sober, how many people try to give you shit? I don't know. I don't have any issue with that. Because I, I, if they, if they, I mean, they can, they can try. Like you know, people whatever. always try to give me shit, and I'm always like, I look. I appreciate the sentiment. I'm not sober. I appreciate the sentiment. Right. Also, I just don't. I don't know. I don't want to take your shit. I'm sorry. I like don't. I don't trust people enough yeah. to go. Okay, cool. I'll just right. have this. I don't. I like. I, like so many people. Are like, can I send you stuff or give you stuff? I'm like. I'll just get it if I need it. I don't know if I yeah, just don't dude. want some dude to be like, hey, man, this I pulled this out of my Levi's. It's like, I don't want this fucking... Yeah. One, a, a guy, a, one time a guy literally gave me Coke. I'm not kidding. He, he goes, just put out your hand. And I knew better to put out my hand. <laughs> but I thought he was going to shake my hand. So I put out my hand. And he goes, open up. And I go, why? And he get, he has Coke in his... Pa- and he takes Coke. I'm not kidding. That was like... No bag. Loose, in his, his no, in his, his pocket. Back. His yeah. pocket was the bag. Yeah, I had Coke. And he just put it in my hand. And he was like, is this cool, dude? And they're, they're laughing. His buddies. I was like, this is the dumbest shit. And of course, I'm not going to do this. Like, he's thinking, he's like, dude, fucking do it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to fucking bump pocket Coke in front of my fans. <laughs> right. So I did. I did it for the bit. No, I didn't. I, I was just like... <laughs> I was just like, no, of course not. But I don't want, I just don't want people to give me stuff. That's the only thing about meeting stuff, people when they're too fucked up. They want to sit and talk to you about a lot of stuff and, and engage highly. And you're like, hey, man, I, I, I want to, but there's also, there's like a, a thousand of you. I have to do right. this too. So that's my only, and that part, by the end of the meet and greets, by the way, when you go back to the hotel, fucking exhausted. Yeah. Like that's oh, when I mean, I'm like, I'll sleep for a month after I do worst. meet and greets. Yeah. And, and I wasn't just like trying to speak up so that I could talk bad about, about being a touring comedian. And, uh, you know, I have no, like the, the, like the, the thought process there was, you know, once again, like how like helpful it was the touring just stopped, you know, like yeah. in some, in, in some respect, I, I fucking needed a break. I think everybody did. I needed a break yeah. and it was really helpful for me to regroup, to, to start my own podcast, Yeah. to figure out the, 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 the getting the player on my website so that I could distribute my comedy special gnarly myself to, uh, <clears throat> Dude, like with with the the merch operation that I I've run from my website now, like we you know we took this time to start our own fulfillment center. So I'm not farming it out to a third party fulfillment center. You're doing all of it. I got a, I got rent a warehouse. I have a warehouse staff. Like that's huge. Yeah, it's it's intense. And uh, do you do it, all your own art, or do you hire outside artists? Oh, uh, no, God, I don't do any art. No, but uh, but yeah, like we. we uh, 
I'm always impressed when people do. When they're like, yeah, I, I like making I know, my own. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, what? How do you fucking? I can't do that shit. I can't, I can't design anything. I'm like, I, somebody else has to design it. Right. I'm not good at that of, shit. Like, I, I always collaborate with, with my graphics sure. guys. But yeah, uh, but yeah I don't, I'm not. I'm used. But yeah, it's just like, I've um, just really liked. It's, it's, it's been such a, you know, I mean, here I'm talking about this awful fucking thing that happened to the world. But for, for me... Like I, it, I've just been really fortunate that yeah, I got to just slow to stop and, yeah. and regroup and adapt and like get all this new stuff going. And like, honestly, for me personally, 2020 was a great fucking year. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was, it's going to be the quote of it. Steve-O 2020 was a great fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, it, it, it truly it truly no, it, was. I do think it's there's so much negative news about it, and there's so much negativity, which we all understand what's going on. But I do think it did help a lot of people gain emotional ground in different ways. You know, like I, I really believe. I don't that. know that overall, and you know, in the, no, not everybody. The big picture, there wasn't like really. It didn't generally work wonders for mental health. <laughs> no, it's still it's still crippling. But I think it did help people learn right. what they value. How about I think that's right. maybe it. Um, I think people learn what they value more in terms of you know, uh, about loved ones or about whether it's husbands or wives or kids or what. I do really believe that it has put more value on um, what you give a shit about and going, okay, dude, I'm going to focus on what I give a shit about because there's things you can't control, i.e. this. You can't fucking control it. It's terrible. It's ripped ripped people apart. But at the same time, you're like, well, what, what can I control? I can control my your your wife and looking for a future for you, and it's like you can control these things, and the rest at some point you have to let go because you can't. You're you were you're fucked. We're subject to the ocean, dude. It's just like we're on a boat. Right. The wave is might tip us the fuck over. I hope I I hope I'm I'm on the boat still. So, but that being said, uh, I am going to use this episode quote is going to be Steve O said 2020 was a great fucking. <laughs> um, do by all means. I will. By we end means. we end these episodes. I appreciate you coming hey, through. Hey, thank we, you, man. We end pleasure. these the same way. Uh, I'm going to walk off camera. You look into camera. You say one word or one phrase. Okay. Oh, what? Unless, uh, wait, well, wait. I just, I just wanted to do oh. one more time just tell everybody that I, it would mean the world to me if you could go to my website, stevo.com. Yes, please do. Check out my gnarly comedy special, the multimedia fucking fucked up extravaganza that it is. And uh, yeah, man, my book that I t- told you yes. about, um, every copy that I sell at stevo.com is hand signed. So, uh, dude, you're a fucking machine with that <laughs> shit. That's unbelievable. Dude, like in, 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 in 2020, like as soon as the pandemic came, I was just like, fuck, dude, like people can't eat. And it like really like, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so one of the, uh, like a bit early on in the pandemic, I went and did this stunt, like, uh, doing a front flip off a three story building roof into like a five foot pool. And yeah. it got a photo sequence. So it's like one shot of the building, but I'm there, 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 and there, like, you know, right. going down. And, uh, signed them they signed like 1500 copies and sold them for charity oh that's cool and then i turned around and i signed copies of a picture of me on the billboard right like uh i donated um to the to a food bank and then i donated to the fire department and then tony hawk and i got together and donated to uh his um, skate park project charity yeah and um and then i donated this uh camper van that i had and all told i'm like really it's douchey to, to brag about it, but dude, I, I donated over six hundred thousand dollars to charity Damn. in twenty twenty. No, so then you should then you shouldn't feel bad saying it was a great year. Yeah, I don't have to feel bad. <laughs> you did the right thing. Yeah, and it was just like I, I was able to regroup and and adapt and evolve and and 
create new uh, revenue streams and just focus my efforts as well to fundraising for charity. And, well, uh, uh, dude, honestly, that's you shouldn't feel bad about it because it, what you've done, what you did was great. And look, you, some people are fortunate that it worked, and this has actually been a, a, a growing time. And we need hope too. You know what I mean? We can't yeah. always hear negative uh, yeah, shit. I'm like ready, we all need hope. I'm a little bit. Fuck, I'm ready to do way more of that shit this year too. Fuck so. yeah. Go to stevo.com. We'll link it in the description below. Um, and uh, buy this man's book and watch this man's special. And hopefully when we're back up, if we do get back up soon live, go watch this dude live. Um, I appreciate you. I'm going to walk off. You look in camera, okay. say one word or one phrase, uh, and that'll end the episode. All right. I'm going to think about this. <clears throat> <clears throat> Ah, fuck it. <laughs> In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers.